Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hi everyone and welcome back to another week at Life on the Farm. Today's episode is an exciting one because we have a special guest, Dr. Sayed Zuffer. He is a pharmacovigilance scientist at Greenwich Biosciences who earned his Doctorate of Pharmacy and Masters of Public Health from MCPHS University. Sayed is passionate about helping pharmacy students explore different career paths with an emphasis on self-awareness and understanding what makes them tick. Additionally, Sayed's passion projects include business, investing, and real estate. He runs a six-figure e-commerce business and began sharing his journey to financial freedom on different socials. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Zayed Suffer. And a quick disclaimer, nothing he shares today is a reflection of GW Pharmaceuticals or other subsidiaries. His views and his opinions are his own. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. How are you? I'm doing well, staying busy. I'm on the cusp of residency interviews and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah, it is. It is. That's been really exciting. How are you? How's work? Uh, Busy, honestly, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's been hectic since, you know, like, I guess, like, when we had the week off at the end yeah. of December. All right. Well, if you're ready, do you want to go ahead and get into these questions? I am ready. Okay, let's do it. So we'll go ahead and jump in with question one. So what is your current position, whether it be your title or a general job description? So my current position is a pharmacovigilance scientist. Um, And so what that basically means is I'm a drug safety scientist. And so I work in the pharmacovigilance department. And really, my job entails managing adverse events and managing post-marketing signals and things of that nature and really focusing on the adverse effects of a drug. So obviously, you know, being a pharmacist, we understand that there is a benefit risk balance uh, to any marketed product. And so my job is to ensure that the benefit always outweighs the risk. And that's pretty much a broad overview and a high level overview of what, what a PB scientist does. And that's, that's the abbreviation of what really a pharmacovigilance scientist means. Very cool. Yeah. And so I guess just to give a little background, this is the department that I served in when I was on my internship. And that's how I met uh, Syed. So this is really cool to just talk about today. And so we'll go ahead into the second question, which is what does a day in your life look like? You know, the day in the life is so variable. Like some days it's super relaxed. And some days it's like you're you're basically fighting against everything that's like coming at you. So on a monthly basis, I think really one of my mainstays of work is managing signals. And so when I say signal, it's like any post-marketing events that we receive that may contribute to a change in a benefit risk balance. So on a day-to-day, it varies, but there are certain criteria and certain tasks that I'm assigned to do that are sort of religiously done on a monthly basis and doing the signal analysis is one of those. And so when what I do with signal analysis is basically any adverse events that have been reported by our marketed product are received by regulatory authorities and they're also received to our uh, our company as a whole. So we receive them from physicians, from patients and, you know, regulatory agencies. So they send over any adverse events that have been reported with the drug. And so one of my tasks is to review those adverse events and see if there's any adverse event that really changes the risk or that requires, you know, further discussion or further evaluation and to see if that's going to lead to, you know, a real change. And sometimes, you know, you can get adverse events that 
are serious, like Steve Johnson syndrome and like real serious hepatocellular injury um, cases. And those can, you know, really result in a regulatory uh, action. And they also can result in, you know, trials uh, being conducted if there's like a DDI and things like that. Those are some of the things that I have to keep in mind when I'm looking at these adverse events. So that's sort of on a monthly basis. But on a daily basis, it really, really depends. There's, you know, when you're working with the pharmaceutical agency, I think one of the biggest things is that your days are not really sort of methodical and the same. So, you know, when we think about retail and, you know, hospital, a lot of things you're going to be doing pretty much, you know, every day, and they're going to be sort of consistent. Mm -hmm. But I think the beauty with the industry is the fact that your days aren't as consistent. And so some people love that some people hate it. But I mean, I thoroughly enjoy it, because it, it, it switches it up, it mixes it up, and you get to see a little bit of everything. And so on a daily basis, it just depends on the task. So if we're filing for a new drug, I'm working on, you know, sort of the data from the clinical trials, the adverse events, sort of getting all the dossiers and set ready to be submitted. If we've submitted something, regulatory agencies can, um, you know, request more information or further clarification, or they have questions. And so you have to respond to those questions. And so that it really jumps up another level where you're responding to those questions, you're sort of really getting back into the data and really understanding what you need to present back to these agencies. And so it really is sort of variable. There's not a very consistent sort of, you know, task that you're doing because it's, it's it just, it, it's based on tasks. But one of the most consistent things is obviously the signal analysis, which is sort of the mainstay of like a, a PV scientist as a, or a drug safety scientist is really just monitoring the adverse events and really assessing if it changes benefit risk balance. So it's, there's not a clear cut answer as to what is what is a day in life. A day in a life is you wake up and you figure out what your day is going to look like. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And I sat in on one of your meetings while I was there. And so I feel like the safety signaling is definitely one of the mainstays. And I think that's really important to point out for this position. And just really quickly, would you mention what types of products you work with? So uh, our company focuses on endocannabinoid science. So mm -hmm. we are the only FDA approved um cannabinoid medication and so our main product is epidiolic so we're we're in the the cannabinoid science space so it's a very unique space um and sort of we are the what's you know really beautiful about the company is that we're sort of in the uncharted territories and sort of the you know the reference point for a lot of um you know regulatory action in the sense that we are the we are the leaders in that space so it's, it's really interesting to work with the company and so it's a really unique space. It's not, you know, sort of oncology and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, endocrinology and things like that. So it's a very unique space to be in. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Uh, so my next question is, what's your favorite part about your job? That's, a, that's interesting. <laughs> I think there's, there, there's, there's so many aspects that are, that are interesting. And, you know, there, there's a lot of parts that are, that are really, really, you know, fun to do. But I think mm -hmm. one of the most impactful and one of the most important parts that I like doing like that really ends up being my favorite is if you do have sort of um, a signal that pops up or if there is something that you know an adverse event requires more sort of clarification or if it requires you know further assessment what we have to do is called an issue workup and so what an issue workup is basically let's say you get an adverse event of headache and you've never seen that in clinical trials and 
it, it sort of is something that needs to be assessed further. What you would do then is you would take that post-marketing signal and you would create a report. And that report basically looks at what you've seen in clinical trials, what you've seen in any open label expansion studies, what you've seen in any EAP studies, what you've seen in, in, in literature, uh, what you've seen in post-marketing. And so basically you take all of these, um, you know, data and you compile them and sort of come to a point in this issue workup. And so what the issue workup really guides is the company's position on the adverse event. And if it actually is something that will require, you know, regulatory action, is it something that the company needs to assess further? Or if it's, you know, a, something that's not really uh, a concern, it's the non-validated signal and things of that nature. So my favorite part is that writing those workups, because I think in that sense, you're sort of like, you're putting on multiple hats, but it's sort of like you're a detective at that point yeah. where you're really like looking at every single piece of information that you have and collating it together and putting it together for you, the, the company to you know stand by and see where that adverse event really is in the relationship benefit risk balance. So I really like doing that. And so I would say, you know, although it doesn't happen uh, often, but when it does happen, like it, it's one of those experiences where you're just like, you feel like you're you're like a lawyer in a sense where you defend something or, you're, you know, you're getting all the information, and the facts and figures together to present. And so that's that's one of the favorite things that I like doing. Yeah, no, it's very like Sherlock Holmes, Nancy Drew. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> totally, totally. And it's so funny because like, you know, growing up, like you watch CSI and things like that. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I can do it now. Like, I'm not I'm not a crime scene investigator, but you're sort of doing it on a on like a like an analytical basis. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Exactly. You know what? I feel like that goes to show just how wide you can stretch a PharmD as well, just because you never think about those things, or at least for myself personally, when I was in pharmacy school, I wasn't even aware that this was something that you could go into. I mean, we're, being an intern at Greenwich was my first experience in industry. So I feel like all the stuff you're talking about, my eyes were open to it during my experience. And so, yeah, I think it's really cool to point it out as well. No, 100%. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you and I have talked about this, too. But mm -hmm. like farm school really is, you know, it's really geared towards community and uh, being in the hospital setting, like doing residency. So right. there's, there's very little mention of industry and forget industry. Like there's a ton of other things that a farm D can do, but they're just really not talked about. You know, I've more recently I've seen people go into like informatics pharmacy which yeah. is like you know you're really going into like computer modeling and things like that I mean I don't even know what what really entails <laughs> but I just know it's something that's beyond my like brain comprehension and beyond that I've ever learned mm -hmm. in pharmacy school but like a PharmD is really a unique degree that can really you know if you leverage it appropriately and the like the like the best areas you can really do like amazing things with it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm proud to be in the profession, you know, it's, uh, it yeah. seems like there's just a lot of opportunity and that you can move around pretty easily and really can figure out what's interesting to you and explore that further. So I think that's really great as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more and more recently too, right? You mm -hmm. know, I remember when I was in school, I was like, oh yeah, it's only going to be, um, you know, retail pharmacy or you're going to work in the hospital. Like those are only two things that I knew of. Yeah. And, you know, as you go through school, you sort of pick up different things and like you speak to different people. You're like, oh, wait, you can do this. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, or you can do that. That's pretty cool. Like, it's just like so many different avenues you can take on. Like, there's something so interesting that I like I, I've read um, and I heard from someone, which is basically like in investments. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's obviously a lot of. um uh, biotech companies and like healthcare, you know, healthcare based companies. And so like, there's like 
firms like venture capital firms that mm-hmm. will basically have a doctor or you know an md or a do or a farm d and our nurse and whoever have you on their basically on their payroll to assess whether the clinical trial results and all these things actually favor the drug being accepted and things like that because if you think about it a finance person is not going to know what you know <laughs> efficacy means or right. adverse effects means or like what clinical endpoints mean and so you basically can take a PharmD and work in the finance sector and be one of those people that, you know, sort of rate a company based off of their their clinical trials and things like that. So it's really unique of what you can stretch yourself to do with it. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. You know, you could be one of those people that also wears like the Patagonia works in the office, like, (laughs) there's so many options out there. But yeah, just echoing off what you said, I think in pharmacy school, we got a lot of exposure to residency. And I feel like our curriculum was definitely geared toward thinking clinically and whatnot. And not that you don't do that in industry, but the exposure to people in that field, definitely doesn't come up as high as those in the residency realm and going into clinical pharmacy. So I think it's really great just being able to find any way you can to get exposure to that. And so then my next question is, what's the most rewarding aspect of your job? Oh, gosh, I think, you know, one of the most rewarding aspects is the space that we're in. So we're in very severe refractory epilepsies. So what's really unique about our company is that they bring in, you know, the patients that we've sort of helped and impacted. So I've seen, you know, firsthand the patients that are taking our medication and the life changing, you know, therapy that it has become in, you know, their household. So like mm-hmm. you're seeing their parents say that, you know, my child was seizing, you know, 10, 100 times a day nonstop. And like, you know, you really can't contextualize it just reading about it. But when you actually see the person and you hear the family speak, you it really just impacts you on a different level. And so I think, you know, it what what I really like is the fact that we can see firsthand the impact that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get to hear from the patient's perspective, but also the healthcare uh, caregiver, because, and that's one unique thing about my company is the fact that I've, you know, I've read various different mission statements and, you know, values and things like that. But one thing I really like about Greenwich is that the fact that they actually incorporate um, the caregiver in the mission statement, you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're really focused on, providing care for patients and obviously, you know, efficacy for patients, but also the relief uh, as a, as for the caregivers as well. And so when you get to see that actually happen in front of you and you get to hear these patient stories and, you know, the family stories, it really just, it really changes your perspective on life uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it also really, you know, really validates what the company is doing. It really is that, that part that you are an integral component within the company. You are an integral component in this patient's life and countless other and countless other families too. So I think that's one of the most rewarding aspects is that fact that your work is, you know, directly shown in, in a patient's life and in a patient's family. So I think that's, that's one of the most rewarding aspects that I've seen. I think, you know, I worked in, um, in a community setting as well. So you get to see that more sort of on a daily basis, like, you know, you build relationship with patients and they come into the pharmacy and, you know, they talk to you and you sort of, you know, help them out with uh, MTMs and things like that. But in the industry, you can sometimes lose sight of what you're actually doing. But when you're reinforced with that information right in front of you, it really just, you know, allows you to recalibrate and say and really understand that this is something that you're doing that has, you know, a larger impact than what you've actually sort of thought about. Yeah, 100%. I think that was one of the things that I looked into when I decided to take the internship there is that so many of these patients don't have any other option. And to know that the company you work for and the products that you're working on, 
regulation and whatnot, those are their last hopes. And I think that's really powerful, especially because in pharmacy school, at least we have all of these medications that are mainstays and guidelines and algorithms, but you never think back to when they were in the developmental stages. So what did it look like going through the pipeline and all the different people that had to work on getting it to where it is today? So I think that's so interesting to just learn a lot more about. Yeah, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And so now going back a little while, just to talk about, did you always want to pursue a career in industry or even in pharmacovigilance in particular? Um, so no. So when I first started pharmacy school, I was probably like majority of pharmacy students and didn't know anything about the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and only thing that I knew was Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid are the three main pharmacies. And that's where you're going to end up working <laughs> after you uh, after you get your degree. And so I was, I was for sure like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work for Walgreens because I went to school, you know, before I even entered pharmacy school, I was already working for Walgreens. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I like it. I know how it works. Mm-hmm. And community pharmacy is where I want to go and, and be at. And then sort of when I was in um, my third year of pharmacy school, I sort of had, I think I had, I think we had like a, an MSL come into our class, which is the medical science liaison. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever heard of the industry, I, I think. And so this guy was talking, he was like showing this like amazing lifestyle, like, oh, MSL, I get to travel and do this and do that. And I get paid X amount. And I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Like, I never knew that. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, Walgreens is where I'm going to be at or like retail pharmacy is where I'm going to be at. Right. And then I just really like heard about industry for the first time. And I sort of like researched it, I think. And like, I learned that, you know, the main things are like PV, regulatory, there's metafairs, there's, you know, commercial and things like that. And somehow, I don't know, I really don't, I can't even remember what my rationale was, but I was like, I'm going to do PV. <laughs> and that's it. For like third year on, I was just like, I'm going to do PV. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you why. I can't tell you like how I even came to the decision. I remember when anyone would ask me, you know, like when you're getting close to graduation, like a year before, two years before, like a classmate started asking like, oh, what have you, like, what have you thought about? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to do PV. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, why? I was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Right. Full send. You know? Why like, not? Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, no rationale, nothing. And, and that was that was really it. And then so and then like after when I got to the last year, I sort of developed on that. I was like, OK, like this is why I'm going to do PV. Like I understand risk management. I understand adverse effects. Now I understand the clinical, you know, clinical efficacy and, you know, the adverse effects. I know the benefit risk balance. Like you sort of learn more in school. You're like, oh, that's what it means now. Right. Like I understand it. And so that really just like led me to be like, oh, I'm going to do PV. And so ironically, the whole entire time, from third year to the point of my graduation, I was like, I'm going to do PV. Mm-hmm. Then when I get to my last year, I'm like, the last, like, right before mid-year, I was like, I'm doing metaphors. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Complete, completely changed. The only reason why I changed is because I had a rotation in metaphors. And so that was the only rotation I had. Gotcha. It was the only experience I had in the industry. And so, like, it was my first experience in industry. Like, even though I wanted to do PV, I was like, oh, I did metaphors. And I'm like, I like that, too. It's pretty cool. I'm going to do that. And that's then I just changed it last minute. But then you're like your your roots stay your roots, right? Exactly. So I like I was just like, yeah, never mind. You know, metaphors is cool. It's nice. I, I did my rotation there. I really loved it. I went to mid year. I even like interviewed for metaphors fellowships mm-hmm. and everything. But then like the roots kicked back. I was like, yeah, it's nice. But you know, PV is where I said I was going to be. So like, I have to maintain some integrity with myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so that's really like how I ended up back in PV. And so like, I was like, I didn't think I was going to like, I definitely didn't start from school with the intention of going to the industry, mm-hmm. but I definitely 
found it in the middle of it and then I ended it with the industry. Yeah, no, that's really great because I think that's something that also happens is that at least for myself personally, I never really knew exactly where I wanted to go with things. And I just feel like along the way, I've kind of just tried out different things, exposed myself to different practice areas, and you kind of figure out what it is. But a small part of you always goes back to what you initially thought. And so it's just this whole roller coaster of trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, but also realizing you don't have to do the same thing forever if you don't want to. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, So then I guess that leads into the next question. How did you end up in your current position? Um, I would say the biggest thing is, I mean, there's a lot of, I think this, this, this question has like a lot of complexities Mm -hmm. to it, but I think, you know, the first aspect is networking. And so you need to know people that are going to be able to sort of recommend you and like who know you as a person and that know your character and they can speak to your character. But at the second point, I think one of the other things is that you need to have self-awareness of who you are, um, and like what you want and things like that. And so like ending up in the position is a lot of, you know, persistency and like being consistent and believing in yourself and things like that. I think there's a a large component to that, but at the same time, like it's the networking component that really sort of pivots people. Mm -hmm. Um, My experience with Greenwich came because the rotation that I mentioned that I did in Metafairs, my preceptor um, sort of, I, I I basically, you know, did the fellowship route. I didn't get it. Um, I got on sites and then I got, I didn't get actual like an acceptance. Mm -hmm. And so my preceptor was, he previously worked at uh, a different pharmaceutical company and the director of um, PV in, in Greenwich sort of asked him, you know, is there anyone that he would recommend? And he happened to mention my name and then I had to go through consecutive interviews and then I finally got hired. So, I mean, that's why I think like, you know, you have to be able to have belief in yourself and sort of know how you're going to get there and like how it's going to happen. But at the same time, like you need to know the people that can speak to the same level that you believe in yourself. And so if you replicate or if you show confidence in your own self, that confidence is resonated to other people. Uh And, you know, when, when you network and things like that, people can speak more to your confidence. People, people can speak more to your, you know, your abilities and things like that. And so, in a short sentence, I was connected uh, with the um, the director of PV at Greenwich, and then I had to go through multiple interviews, and then I uh, I ended up getting hired. And so my role really, and but my role really, you know, started like that. But I was sort of laying the foundation throughout pharmacy school. And so my biggest point would be that you know when I was doing rotations, I was really focusing on adverse events. I was really focusing on like medication errors. I was focusing on like medication safety and so I did numerous projects in my rotation that like sort of had that background that forefront you know I'm I'm, that's where I want to be like I understand safety is a big component safety is you know the reason why a drug can be taken off the market right Mm -hmm. the drug is not safe you know they'll pull it you know they're never gonna pull a drug for being too efficacious (laughs) right (laughs) like your your drug is doing amazing we can't have it like they're gonna take your drug is not doing as great we're gonna have to pull it off the market so you know, I understand that. And so I've sort of incorporated that and sprinkled that throughout my like education, my rotations, my projects, and you know, my demeanor. And that really resonated with uh, my preceptor. And that really resonated with, you know, the people that I spoke to in, you know, beyond my preceptor. And that, that really allowed me to get into the role and, you know, have that level of expertise speak for me, in a sense. Um, 
so that's really like it just comes back full circle i think and you know once you sort of say that you're going to do something and you like manifest it it really can come into reality if you lay the foundation right yeah no i totally agree i think those are all really great points and actually something i was wondering if you talk a little bit more about is how do you recommend going about networking i know that for especially this year or in some cases a lot of students can't get positions in industry internships do you have a way about getting more experience or meeting people in the field no definitely i mean like i empathize Mm -hmm a lot with the people that are that had to graduate during the pandemic because like a lot of my friends you know from years uh below me graduated during the pandemic and you know they're some of them just got jobs now and whereas like my class for the majority that i can remember like most of the people were hired before Mm -hmm. the before they graduated you know the same month they graduated or if not within like two to three months after graduation And so, you know, we're almost like six months out, seven months out. And there's a lot of people that still don't have jobs or they're just getting their jobs or they want to do industry, but they're resulting to, you know, taking the NAPLEX and working in like the community pharmacy or working into hospitals and things like that. So it's definitely difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm super empathetic with that. Now, I think, but I also think like one of the main important things about networking is that I personally feel that everyone does it to leverage in the future and so i i'm a wholeheartedly believer that anyone can see smoke right yeah yeah oh yeah if you're if you're only connecting with someone out of selfishness anyone can see mm-hmm. it but if you do it selflessly and like if you provide value if you are able to connect with them if you you know remember little things if you're able to have a conversation beyond just like hey i need a job or hey like what do you recommend like just really build on a personal level like we're humans at the end of the day like we like to connect with people. yeah oh yeah um and so if you do it in that manner, I think you have a better chance of one being like you're actually true. And the second thing is that someone else can really see that like you're not just only leveraging them. And so like when people are just called upon for favors and when people are called upon, uh, you know, just because you're only talking to them because you want something out of them, they can see that. And so my biggest point is that do it because you're doing it out of selflessness and not being selfish because you want to leverage it in the future. Okay. Now there's multiple ways to do that, right? Yeah. You know, just because we're, we're in a pandemic and it's, it's definitely harder, but it's also easier at the same time. A lot of people are at home. A lot of people have more time because they're not going out. There's like, you know, there's not a lot of busy activities that are occurring. So you can connect with people like on LinkedIn, you can connect with people like just emailing them or just sort of going through, you know, I honestly think LinkedIn, I just refer back to LinkedIn, like just connecting with people that are doing what you want to do and just having a genuine conversation with them Mm -hmm. is sufficient enough to have a networking, like whether they uh, do something for you in the future or not, shouldn't be the concern. It just should, it should really just be learning from them, providing value to them, seeing what pain points they have, how you can solve that, because everyone has something that, you know, they can do better, and maybe you can do it better for them. Um, and really just providing value in any sense and sort of building a relationship before you're really going for, oh, I want you to maybe refer me or something else later down the line. And uh, another thing is like maintain that connection. You Mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of people will network once or twice and just forget it. Like if you know that person is like, I don't know, Jewish, then wish them like their happy holidays. Or if that person is you know, X, Y, Z, or, you know, their birthday, like wish them or whatever it is, like new year, wish them, like, you know, just maintain their relationship. Like if, 
the pandemic hit and you want to see how they're doing, like check in. No, don't just be like, oh yeah, I don't need a job right now. I'm not going to message them. Like, like little things like that people pay attention to. And so if you're genuine in your, um, you know, it shows in your character, I think you have a better chance at really networking and uh, building a, a long lasting relationship. Yeah, no, I think that's all great advice, especially because I think we hear the term networking a lot, but we don't really know how best to go about it. And then, like you said, it's not about creating some sort of short term connection, but really about connecting with people because we are humans and then going from there and seeing what happens from it. But even if nothing comes from it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't a worthwhile connection or it won't be something later on. But yeah, it really is just about connecting as people, which even though I'm not going into that route right now, but even thinking about interviews and whatnot, it really is just about having a conversation with people. And I feel like that can be so much more daunting than it really is just because at the end of the day, you have to remember that again, we're all humans. And so it's really not the scariest thing on this earth. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Honestly, like I think, I think networking is, it's great. It's obviously scary because like you have to meet strangers and like, if you're an introvert, then it's not as easy, but you know, once you do it a few times, that barrier gets crossed. And once you cross that barrier, like anything becomes easy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have this thing that I was, I was saying this to someone, I think I was saying this to my friend, like, we were talking about something, I I can't remember what it was. But basically, like when you went into farm school, like your only period of that point of reference was that you graduated high school. Um, And so when you think about farm school, like I can't accomplish this, because only the only level of reference that you have is high school or whatever have you. But you have to look forward in that future, right? You have to just be persistent in it and really just build that relationship and move forward with it. And once you cross that barrier, it becomes a lot easier. So like networking, it's definitely difficult in the beginning because you don't know what to do and how to go about it and things like that. But once you cross that barrier, you have a new point of reference that you can refer to and sort of guide yourself out of it. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like it's a little bit of a fake it till you make it situation too, just because no (laughs) one ever really knows what they're going into into the next phase. Like there's a reason it's the next phase, right? You're not sure what to expect. It's definitely different from what you're coming from. And so I think that might be a key part of it too. Or else that's something that I try to keep in mind as well. Not everyone knows what they're doing at this point either. So might as well just go for it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just be be honest. Like you don't need to be the smartest person in the Oh, yeah. but like ask the smartest questions mm-hmm. right definitely definitely yeah no I grew up always knowing that you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room or else you're in the wrong room because I feel like there's so much yeah, to exactly. learn from other people 100%. yeah so if you're the smartest person you're in the wrong space you need to go find another room and learn from someone else so yeah, yeah. I totally agree very cool thank you for that and then my last question I have here is what's one piece of advice you have for someone looking to go into industry I think it sort of ties in back to our previous point okay. which is like one, it's like you have to you have to know yourself, right? So mm-hmm. I think my biggest point is like self-awareness, right? Okay. If you're someone that is very patient-oriented, if you're someone that's very, you know, you like meeting your patients and interacting with your patients and things like that, you really won't get that in industry. Um, so if is that is that a deal breaker for you? You know, like, do you need to know what you want? I think is really the biggest point. And so you don't get to have direct patient care, but you have global patient impact. So is that something you want? Do you want to have like a larger reach? Are you not satisfied or content with the fact that, you know, working in a retail setting or working in a community, uh, in a hospital setting, you only get to take care of a handful of selected patients that are in that community or in that hospital vicinity. Whereas if you work in the industry, you have a more larger reach in different countries and things like that. So really understanding, um, you know, what is, what are the things that really make you tick and like, what what is really like what what is what is it like self-awareness right mm-hmm. um so understanding that first will help you really know 
what path you want to choose. And the second thing is just really like the the industry is a broad term, right? Yeah. There's so many different departments within within the industry. Like there's there's medical affairs, there's regulatory, there's PV, there's commercial, there's you know uh, clinical pharmacology. There's like a ton. You know, even marketing, if you like pharmacies do marketing too. So if you're a business savvy marketing person and you want to, you know, you want to combine your, your pharmacy degree with like the business side, you can do marketing as well. So understand who you are as a person. And so that you can really pick a spot in the industry that really resonates with you. And then I think the other point is, you know, you have to network, you have to know what you want, meet different people, get different perspectives and just connect with them. Um, join any organization that's industry focused in your school because I mean there's there's always a few and there's always a few students that are like like minded in that sense so like connect mm-hmm. with them build those relationships early and I think that's the biggest point is start early you know it's I think you know farm school like you go through it you're just like oh yeah I'm going to farm school like you're really focused on studying and the next exam and the next you know yeah. lecture and things like that but when you get to the last the last year like uh now I have to like you know, get my life together. And it's, it's, it's harder to really catch up that year. It's, it's 100% doable, but mm-hmm. I think it just, it becomes difficult. So starting earlier is definitely one thing that I would say is, you know, that's beneficial for you. And at the end of the day, it's really just networking, you know, just know the right people, know how to connect with the right people, provide value to people. And, you know, you can end up in the industry in various different ways. And, and so this is one thing that I was taught, which is, you know, a lot of people focus that the only way I can get into industry is through a fellowship at mid-year, right. which is true, but there's various different ways. And so m- I like to work backwards and really extrapolate from things. And that's just like, I guess how my brain is wired. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to do medical information, and so you have to understand what medical information does in the industry. So if you know that you have to, if they take in calls or like metaphors and like they take in calls and things like that, Maybe if you don't get a fellowship and you can't get a job directly in the industry, do like work at a medical call center for a pharmacy, a pharmaceutical company. Cause there's a lot of like big name pharmaceutical companies that don't have an in-house, you know, call center. They outsource it to these different vendors um, to take in those calls and then sort of disseminate that information. So you could work at those call centers, get that experience for three, six months, um, maybe a year, and then leverage that experience to go into medical information or medical affairs and actual pharmaceutical company. The same thing with um, pharmacovigilance. There's a lot of big name companies that don't do case processing in-house. They, you know, sort of outsource that to a vendor. So you could work for that vendor company, learn case processing, learn the terms of lingos, the things needed to go into it. And, you know, in the future, maybe three, six, seven, eight, whatever year, months, whatever it is later, you, you can, then apply for a position in PV and working in an in-house, you know, pharmaceutical company. So it's really just figuring out where you want to go and working backwards from there. So it's not a, or like, it's not going to end if you don't get a fellowship. It's not going to end if you don't directly get into industry. There's definitely different ways to go about it. And I've met a ton of people in the industry that have not done a fellowship and have ended up in the industry by doing that same tactic, which is basically, you know, working at a call center, working at a case processing place, working, you know, um, at a smaller, like really, really, really small, like safety evaluation uh, vendor, like there's just ways you can go about it. And I think it's just like really trying to figure out what you want, how you want to get there. And if you don't get into the industry straight up, 
there's different ways to get into it. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think you mentioned this point a little bit earlier about figuring out what skills you'll need in order to do well in the job that you eventually want to do. So if you're able to work on those in other ways, whether it be finding a different position in some other way, shape or form, I think that'll end up serving you well in the long run, right? And be able to provide you, yeah, that sort of benefit when you enter a company and end up doing something that you do want to do down the line. So that is For awesome. Sure. I mean, uh, so I started a personal finance journey. So I'm really passionate about finance. Um, and it's like a super hidden, like, expert, not expertise, but sort super hidden, like, interest of mine. And like, I sort of like had it in my head for years and never like really did anything about it mm-hmm. in the sense like I never shared it with anyone, but I started sharing my journey. So I'm in the process of starting that. So if you want to like learn about like financial literacy, financial freedom and like just really understand like the financial space. I think uh, there's a lot of pharmacists and like healthcare professionals that could utilize that in the sense that we obviously walk out with debt and things like that. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can uh, follow me there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I'm very passionate about. Um, but like, I think it also is something that, you know, there's, you don't have to be really singular focused in pharmacy like you can always there's 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 hobbies right yeah no I was about to say that was some when you mentioned all those things in the bio they had written up I was like I had no idea you had all these other things going on I think that's so cool I think pharmacists in general I feel like are really great with the hobbies whole realm which I think is awesome but yeah go on you were gonna say something (laughs) yeah I mean like totally I I I, I like I'm just so passionate about like expanding beyond like what you actually do so like I think like if you look at the world, like everyone has just been, I'm a, like a banker or I'm a, you know, pharmacist or I'm a doctor, or I'm a nurse or I'm an artist and sort of stayed with that. But they have so many, like people have so many different interests. Like you're just not really fully a pharmacist. You're not really fully just a doctor. You're not really fully like just a banker. Like you have different things that make you tick. Like you could like mountain biking, you could like hiking, you could like kayaking, you could just like, you know, I don't know the same exactly whatever it is <laughs> exactly <laughs> like it's just there's just so much I think character to a person and um so that's basically it. yeah I mean like that's just my point which is I'm starting that journey um and I'm sharing it uh like documenting the whole process of it um and I haven't made it anywhere crazy yet but the goal is to show myself making it yeah definitely I mean I feel like when you start that's the whole the best thing to do right is just to jump in and see what happens and make adjustments and modifications as you go so yeah that's it's so funny like before before we're before I jumped on this podcast I was editing my my YouTube video Mm -hmm. so so like I was just in the middle of that too so I think I think my my YouTube is the same thing as say the M Zuffer. so yeah no and I don't know if I ever mentioned to anybody because during quarantine is when I really started to wonder do I want to do residency or a fellowship and your videos I told you on our first meeting together I actually found them on YouTube and watched them and they were super helpful in getting a better yeah, understanding yeah. which was very cool <laughs> and, that, yeah, yeah. and that's like just to, just to touch on that point <laughs> like and that's the thing like I made that video on mid-year because like I went to mid-year and I was completely like in like this place where I was like, I don't know what I'm going into. You oh, know, yeah. like there's there was no there was no information. Mm-mm. But I had no idea what to do, where to go, how to do it. And I was just like, I'm just gonna create a full like video of how to do it or like my experience of it and like maybe it'll help someone. That's it. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Cause I feel like in this space of being 
on this journey toward a farm d a lot of the wheel gets recreated along the way and i feel like there's so much that could be shared with other people that would be so helpful in mitigating a lot of the stressors or the unknowns and so that's why when i came across it i was super grateful i was like oh this gives me a much better understanding of like what the landscape looks like what to expect yeah. because you just can't really get that without talking to other people or meeting other people or hearing other people's experiences and so 100%. i feel like that's why it's so useful and the reason i also created this podcast so exactly i feel like i'm on the same yeah, wavelength I mean, with that yeah this podcast is definitely going to change a lot of future pharmacists lives oh, thanks i hope so that's the goal i hope it's not just me rambling yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's the that's the dream as they say so yeah yeah, for sure. yeah. But that's all I had. This was really great, by the way. This was awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I had I had a blast. Oh, I'm glad. Really fun. It's, always, it's always nice to connect. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. But yeah, the human connection point you made earlier, I totally resonate with that. I think that's one of like the biggest draws for me when I went into pharmacy is I feel like you get to talk to a lot of people. And I don't know, I just really like that whole conversational aspect of it too, because like, what are the odds you end up like on this earth at the same time as other people and you get to hear their stories and like things about them, what they're into, just because you're your own person, you have your life, but there's so many people out there living a different life on their own path. And I think it's so cool just to learn more about that. 110%. Mm -hmm. And like, what's the odds of you joining uh or doing an internship at yes like the first thing we talked about like i've seen your youtube exactly. videos I was like, oh, no yeah way. julie literally <laughs> sent me the list and she's like okay you can start with Ed." and i was like okay perfect and i was like this name looks very familiar and i look back <laughs> at the youtube videos i had like watched or saved and i was like oh my god it's the same person <laughs> and i was like this is crazy so yeah That's awesome. very very just unexpected in the best way possible i'm really glad that we had a chance to work together and talk together at greenwich which was great thank you again for doing this i really appreciate appreciate it this is awesome i know a lot yeah, of people of are yeah, interested no in this especially because of the way just how competitive things are this year as well like i know that it was really hard to get fellowships and like figuring out next steps or even like how to break into this space is super uncharted territory so i think your expertise in it is going to be very helpful yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I hope it, i hope it helps people all righty well i will let you go enjoy the rest of your saturday we will talk soon yeah no worries it's my of pleasure course. all right bye So those are all the questions I had about what you do for a job and what your path through pharmacy was, but I know you have a lot of other hobbies and interests that you take on. Would you mind going ahead and sharing those as well? I mean, uh, so I started a personal finance journey, so I'm really passionate about finance. Um, And it's like a super hidden, like, expert, not expertise, but super hidden, like, interest of mine and like I sort of like had it in my head for years and never like really did anything about it Mm -hmm. in the sense like I never shared it with anyone but I started sharing my journey I'm in the process of starting that so if you want to like learn about like financial literacy financial freedom and like just really understand like the financial space I think uh there's a lot of pharmacists and like healthcare professionals that could utilize that in the sense that we obviously walk out with debt and things like that yes um (laughs) so you can you can uh follow me there um so yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I'm very passionate about. Um, but like, I think it also is something that, you know, there's, you don't have to be really singular focused in pharmacy. Like you can always, there's, there's, there's hobbies, right? Yeah, no, I was about to say that was some, when you mentioned all of those things in the bio they had written up, I was like, I had no idea you had all these other things going yeah. on. I think that's so cool. I think pharmacists in general, I feel like are really great with the hobbies whole realm, which I think is awesome. But yeah, go on. You were going to say something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, totally. No, I, 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 I like. I'm just so passionate about like expanding beyond like what you actually do. So, like, I think like if you look at the world, like everyone has just been. I'm a like a banker, or I'm a you know pharmacist, or I'm a doctor, or I'm a nurse, or I'm an artist. 
I sort of stayed with that, but they have so many, like people have so many different interests. Like you're just not really fully a pharmacist. You're not really fully just a doctor. You're not really fully like just a banker. Like you have different things that make you tick. Like you could like mountain biking, you could like hiking, you could like kayaking, you could just like, you know, I don't know. the Simpsons, Exactly. Whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's just, there's just so much, I think, character to a person. And um, so that's basically, it. yeah. I mean, like, that's just my point, which is, I'm starting that journey um, and I'm sharing it, uh, like documenting the whole process of it. Um, and I haven't made it anywhere crazy yet, but the goal is to show myself making it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like when you start, that's the whole, the best thing to do, right? Is just to jump in and see what happens and make adjustments 100%. and modifications as you go. So yeah, that's awesome. it's so funny. Like before, before we were, before I jumped on this podcast, I was editing my, my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So so like I was just in the middle of that too so I think I think my my YouTube is the same thing as say it ends up or so yeah no and I don't know if I ever mentioned to anybody because during quarantine is when I really started to wonder do I want to do residency or a fellowship and your videos I told you on our first meeting together I actually found them on YouTube and watched them and they were super helpful in getting a better yeah, understanding yeah. which was very cool <laughs> and, that, yeah, and, yeah. and that's like just to, just to touch on that point <laughs> like and that's the thing like I made that video on mid-year because like I went to mid-year and I was completely like in like this place where I was like, I don't know what I'm going into. You oh, know, yeah. like there's there was no there was no information. Mm-mm. But I had no idea what to do, where to go, how to do it. And I was just like, I'm just gonna create a full like video of how to do it or like my experience of it and like maybe it'll help someone. That's it. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Cause I feel like in this space of being on this journey toward a farm D, a lot of the wheel gets recreated along the way. And I feel like there's so much that could be shared with other people that would be so helpful in mitigating a lot of the stressors or the unknowns. And so that's why when I came across it, I was super grateful. I was like, oh, this gives me a much better understanding of like what the landscape looks like, what to expect, because you just can't really get that without talking to other people or meeting other people or hearing other people's experiences. And so I feel like that's why it's so useful. And the reason I also created this podcast. So exactly. I feel like I'm on the same way with that. Yeah, this podcast is definitely going to change a lot of future pharmacists' lives. Oh, thanks. I hope so. That's the goal. I hope it's not just me rambling. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the that's the dream, as they say. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. But that's all I had. This was really great, by the way. This was awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I had I had a blast. Oh, I'm glad. Really fun. It's, always, it's always nice to connect. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. But yeah, the human connection point you made earlier, I totally resonate with that. I think that's one of like the biggest draws for me when I went into pharmacy is I feel like you get to talk to a lot of people. And I don't know, I just really like that whole conversational aspect of it, too, because like, what are the odds you end up like on this earth at the same time as other people and you get to hear their stories and like things about them, what they're into, just because you're your own person, you have your life, but there's so many people out there living a different life on their own path. And I think it's so cool just to learn more about that. 110%. Mm-hmm. And like, what's the odds of you joining uh, or doing an internship? Or yes. Like the first thing we talked about, like, I've seen your YouTube exactly. videos. And I was like, oh, no yeah. way. <laughs> Julie literally sent me the list and she's like, okay, you can start with Ed. And I was like, okay, perfect. And I was like, this name looks very familiar. And I look back <laughs> at the YouTube videos I had like watched or saved. And I was like, oh my God, it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this is crazy so yeah That's awesome. very very just unexpected in the best way possible I'm really glad that we had a chance to work together and talk together at Greenwich which was great thank you again for doing this I really appreciate it this is awesome I know a lot yeah, of people of are interested yeah, no in this especially because of the way just how competitive things are this year as well like I know that it was really hard to get fellowships and like figuring out next steps or even like how to break into this space is super uncharted territory. So I think your expertise in it is going to be very helpful. 
yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I hope it, I hope it helps people all righty well I will let you go enjoy the rest of your Saturday we will talk soon yeah no worries it's my of pleasure course. all right bye and with that, we'll go ahead and end today's episode. I just want to give a quick thank you again to Dr. Sayed Zephyr for taking the time out of his life to be on the podcast and speak with me. It really does mean the world. I hope all of you listening were able to get a better idea of what it means to be in pharmacovigilance, what his path to being in industry looked like, and hopefully it brought up some questions for you yourself if this is something you're considering in the long term. For those of you who are interested in checking out any of Dr. Sayed Zephyr's socials, I will have them all linked on Instagram and you will be able to check them out at Life on the Farm podcast. Everything will be linked there, his Instagram, his Twitter, his YouTube, his TikTok. So totally be sure to check that out. Of course, if you aren't already, if you could follow me there, that would be awesome. If you could also follow on Spotify, it would mean the world to me and rate on Apple Podcasts. But until next time, when I see you all again, or I guess talk to you all again, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.